I am here to offend all of you. There was no preparation, inclination, or forethought whatsoever. How does Satan kill? You just need to stop it. Why are these, why are these people here? Why, why are they here? You've almost made it to the weekend. Give us some men who know the truth. going on guys you're listening to the no more silence podcast thank you for listening i appreciate everybody who who tunes in who listens who gives feedback all those things really help and they matter so i appreciate it this week we're doing part two of the preparing for famine series last week we learned about some steps to take when it comes to your soul in those times when your soul seems to be flourishing, when this seems to be doing well, when you seem to be close to God, how in those moments we need to take steps to prepare and sustain ourselves in the droughts and the famines when we seem far from God, when we seem like there's no flourishing, when it seems like there's no food for our souls. Um, so, so some of those things, um, just to recap a little bit, were first being wise and discerning having good judgment Uh, the bible describes someone who's wise and discerning as someone who follows um, the things that god says if you live your life by the word of god then you are already a step above those who do not that's what the bible says and that's literally the first step when it comes to making sure your soul is is sustained it is following god following his word the second step was finding some people in your life who can oversee keep watch of you who love you who can hold you accountable people who can hold you accountable for the things that you say you want to do the things that you say you don't want to do people who can check in on you and make sure that you are keeping your soul a priority keeping your relationship with god a priority Right. That was step two was assigning some people in your life to do that. Step three was making sure that during the time of abundance and flourishing of your soul, that you are thinking ahead about the famine, that you're thinking ahead about, um, you know, saving things and, and, and keeping book notes, keeping Bible notes, keeping letters. And, and, and uh, I know some people who, who write sticky notes and post-its to, to hang around to remind them of the truths that they sometimes forget when their soul isn't flourishing you know those are the kinds of things and steps that you can take to think ahead save some books save some some bible verses save some sermons save some conversations and some text messages because when you're in that season of drought or famine for your soul you don't have the motivation you don't have the desire to do those things So if you're preparing yourself and saving things for that time, it makes it a little bit easier on you when you're going through that to pick up those books, to pick up those letters, to look at those passages that you've highlighted, to to reread those text messages because you saved them for the specific moment. You understand? And we looked at the story of Jacob from Genesis chapter 41, and we took some principles some methods that he used to prepare Egypt for a real famine 
And we saw how we can apply some of those steps to the famine of our soul and our spiritual life. Okay. And so one of the questions I got, which I think is a great question, something that we should explain a little bit more is why is that important? What does preparing for famine have to do with the real reason we were created, how to genuinely live on this earth and the purpose of our lives, right? What does preparing for famine have to do with those things? What does preparing for famine have to do with the health or the end goal of my soul, you know? And like I said, those are great questions. And so I do want to address that a little bit um, by turning to the book of Matthew, because Jesus explained how the way we receive the truth, the way our souls are prepared for the truth can affect all of our lives and our eternity after we finish living our lives. Now, I want you to think about this. We all have skin, right? A flesh. But there is a person inside of our physical body. That's our soul, right? When you think thoughts that aren't out loud, are you speaking? I mean, who is that? That's your soul. That's your mind, your conscience. Now, the one who created your soul is going to be the one who has the most insight, the best advice, the best way for your soul to flourish. Now, you, your soul, every part of you was created by God. So God is the one who knows all things about how souls should prosper. He thought of the idea of people, of souls, of this earth. He created it from his own imagination. And so we really should take it seriously when he speaks about matters of our soul. And he does speak about those matters in the Bible. So we should take that Bible seriously. It is God's word. It is him speaking to us on matters of our soul, of our life, of the future of this world. And how we're supposed to participate in it. So we want to read that Bible. We want to understand the things that God has told us. That he has done for us. So that we can live out the way we were supposed to live. So we can be on this earth as we were created to be. So in Matthew, Jesus tells us about the types of people. And about the ways we receive truth. When it comes to our soul, he tells us about the different um, types of souls, the different ways that people receive the truth. So in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is telling this story, this parable about four different types of souls. OK, he uses remember because it's a story and he's using symbolism and things like that. He uses soil to describe the type of soul that we have. Or the type of spirit that we have. And so these four different soils all receive a seed, which is the truth. Four souls receive the truth, but they don't respond the same. The four soils and the four seeds, um, they don't grow the same in all the different types of soil. Right. And that's a, a picture of how the truth isn't received the same by every type of person. Some people reject the truth. Some people hear the truth and, um, you know, they, they grow in it. But then when hard things come, they run away. They turn from that truth. And so that 
type of soil, Jesus calls the rocky ground or the rocky soil. And so he says in Matthew 13, verse 20, right? He's explaining his story. And he says, the one who sows on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, but he has no root. And so that joy is short lived when distress or trouble or persecution comes because of the word, because of the truth, because of that seed, immediately he falls away. Immediately he stumbles. He starts to reject it. Now, this is what's at stake when we don't have properly prepared soil. This is what's at stake when we don't have a properly prepared soul. We risk our joy being short-lived. We risk persecution and problems coming and taking away our joy and causing us to fall away from the truth. And this is how, how damaging that famine or that problem can be. It actually distorts our vision of the truth. The truth hasn't changed. The seed hasn't changed. But because we haven't been properly prepared, we view it differently and we reject it. And so when I'm talking about Joseph and, and preparing for famine and things like that, we're talking about keeping your soul or keeping that soil prepared for growth. Plants can't grow on rocky ground. Your soul can't grow if it's not prepared for the truth. If the rocky ground hasn't been broken up. And that's why in the Old Testament, in Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, God says, sow or plant. Sow is another word for plant, by the way. So he says, sow or plant righteousness for yourselves. And what will grow is faithful love. Break up that rocky ground, that unplowed ground, that hard ground. Break it up. It's time to seek the Lord until he comes and sends righteousness on you like rain. That's the preparation process. We have to break up that ground. We have to prepare for planting, for growth. If we don't do that, we will fall away. The joy that we have will only be temporary. The good times and prospering of our soul will only be temporary. But if we seek the Lord, prepare our souls for him and for the truth, he will come and he will send righteousness. That is the real way we are supposed to live and be. He will send those good things to you. They will pour on you like the rain. And ultimately, this is what we find in Christ, in Jesus. Only in Jesus can our rocky ground, our no-rooted plants, only in Christ can those things grow. Only in Christ can we be prepared for the hard times, for the trouble, for the persecution. Only in Christ can we have joy that lasts in season, out of season, famine, abundance, drought, or rain. In Christ, our souls will last and prosper. So think on those things, brothers and sisters. Do you have Christ? Is Christ dwelling comfortably in your heart? Is your soul being prepared for good times and bad times, for famine and for growth? Are you living the way you were created to be? If you don't have Christ, you are not. 
but Jesus made a way on the cross for us to live in true righteousness and true faith and true love for one another and for God. Okay, that's why this matters. That's why I'm talking about Joseph and soils and famines and stuff like that. It's not just because it's a nice story. It's because Jesus said, our eternity depends on the soil. And so when it comes to preparing for famine, take the steps. Follow God's word. Trust in Christ. Appoint people in your life to hold you accountable, to love you. Take the time in the good seasons to prepare for the bad seasons, to grow those roots, to last, to have lasting joy. Christianity is not about just hard rules to follow. Jesus cares about your joy and he made a way for your joy to last. No other religion does that. No other way of life does that. Trust in Christ. Prepare for famine. And thank you for listening.